The previous mission brought a case of somebody who makes two different Eruvin on two opposite sides of the city, and he makes it on condition that he'll only use one of them, whichever one he'll decide to use on Shabbos, and via the principle of Breira, we retroactively look at it as if that was the only Eruv which was valid from the start of Shabbos. But certainly one is not able to make two different Eruvin for both of them to be valid. Because the whole point of an Eruv is that it defines your Mokim Ashavisa, your place of living on Shabbos, and from there you have 2,000 Amas in every direction. But you can't make two different Eruvin on two opposite sides of the city and then travel 4,000 Amas in both directions. The question of our Mishnah is what if Shabbos and Yom Tov fall next to each other? Can one have a different Mokim Ashavisa for Shabbos than he has for Yom Tov? On the one hand, since Shabbos and Yom Tov are totally different days, and they have different levels of holiness, so we don't view it as one long day, Rather, we look at it as Shetei Kedushes, two different days of holiness, which are separate from each other. If that's the case, then you would be able to have a different Mokamash Shavisa for each day. On the other hand, perhaps it's considered like Kedusha Achas, like one extra long day of holiness, since in terms of the Halachas of Erevin, there's not really any difference between Shabbos and Yom Tov. So we would view it as one long day. So this is subject to a machlikas in our Mishnah. Beliez Omer Beliez says, Yom Tov Shabbos. If Yom Tov falls directly next to Shabbos, whether before it, whether it falls on Friday, or whether it falls immediately after Shabbos on Sunday, one can make two different Eruvin, and say, Eruvi Mizrach, my Eruv for the first day is to the east, and for the second day, for Shabbos or for Yom Tov, whichever the second day is, for that day, my Eruv to the west should be the valid Eruv. Now, there's a number of conditions when he does this. Firstly, the two different Eruvin need to be within 2,000 Amas of each other. So, for example, you would put one Eruv 1,000 Amas away from to the east side of your house, and the second Eruv 1,000 Amas to the west side. And the reason for this is because at the beginning of the second day of Yom Tov or Shabbos, during Ben Hashemoshes, he has to be able to access and reach the Eruv. Now, since during Ben Hashemoshes, his first Eruv is still in effect, so if his first Eruv is more than 2,000 Amas away from his second Eruv, then during Ben Hashemoshes, he is not able to reach the food and eat it. Not that he needs to eat it, but he has to be able to eat it. And so because of that, the two Eruvin do need to be within 2,000 Amas of each other. As well as this, there is a difference between when Shabbos falls before Yom Tov and when Yom Tov falls before Shabbos. Because if Yom Tov falls before Shabbos, one is allowed to carry on Yom Tov. So one could make the second Erev, the one for Shabbos, he can make that on Yom Tov. He can carry food to where he wants the Tchum to the, the, the Erev to be, and he can do that all on Yom Tov. But if Shabbos falls before Yom Tov, then he will have to prepare both Erevin before Shabbos comes in, since he's not allowed to carry on Shabbos. Furthermore, even when Yom Tov falls before Shabbos, so he's able to make the second Erev on Yom Tov itself, it is forbidden to prepare from Yom Tov for Shabbos. So you can't take new food and make a new Erev. Rather, what you'll need to do is take the original Erev, which was made for Yom Tov, and take that and carry that to the second place where you want the Erev to be. Since that's already prepared for an Erev, it's not considered that you're pre- preparing for Shabbos, because it's already designated for using for an Erev. And therefore, only in that situation would it be permitted. And the end of this Mishnah will describe how that works exactly. So again, the Mishnah says, the Ma'ariv Adam Shnei one can make two Eruvin, Va'ima Mizrach, my Eruv for the first day should be to the east, Va'ashen Lamarov, and for the second day it should be to the east, to the west. Or Harishan Amarov, for the first day it should be to the west, Va'ashen Lamizrach, for the second day it should be to the east, Eruvi Harishain. Or you can say that my Eruv should be valid for the first day, 
and he can only make and then only make one erov. And for the second day, I want to be like the people of my city that I have two thousand amas to every direction. So in this case, he only makes one erov. Or I want my one erov which I make to work for the second day. But for the first day, I want to be like the people of my city and have two thousand amas to every direction. This is all the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer. However, the Chachamim say that we view these two days as Kedusha Achas, as one long day of holiness, since the laws of Eruvin are identical, so there's no reason to separate between the two days. And because of that, just like on a regular Shabbos, one has to make an Erev only to one direction, or or not make an Erev at all. So too in this case, he has to make an Erev for both the entire two days, or not make an Erev at all. That's how the Gemara reads that statement. And again, this is because the Chacham hold that the two days are considered Kedusha Achas, one long day of holiness. And the truth is, the Chacham were actually in doubt as to whether it's considered Kedusha Achas or Shtei Kedushais. So out of doubt, they forbid one to make two different Erevim for the two days. But since there's a possibility that it's considered two different days, there's another problem. Because that means that the Erev not only does it have to be there at the beginning of the first day, but it also has to be there and not destroyed or moved at the beginning of the second day as well, in case it is really considered two different days, and so the Erev of the first day won't help for the second day, unless it's still there at the beginning of the second day. So the Mishnah asks, Kate said Yaseh, what should he do according to the Chachomim? Melich Barishain, he should bring the Erev there for the first day, before the beginning of the first day. Umashikhalov, stayed near the Erev until after it gets dark, until after Shabbos comes in. And so then whatever happens to the Erev, it's definitely permitted to use that Erev for the rest of Shabbos, since it was there at the beginning of the day. So the Nightclay can now take it from there, Uvoloi, and come back to his house. Okay, and then Basheni on the second day, just before the second day comes in, he should go back to the original place, put the food back, Mashikhalov, wait until it gets dark and the second day comes in. And then he can eat it there, and it comes out that he gains in where he can walk, because the Erev works for both days, when we talk about Achilas, and it also gains and that he can still eat the Erev, because by taking it away for the remainder of the first day, he makes sure that nothing will happen to it, and so he can still eat it. Now, of course, all of this is only when Yom Tov falls before Shabbos, but if Shabbos falls before Yom Tov, then you can't take and carry the, the Erev on the first night and then bring it back, because it's forbidden to carry on Shabbos. So in that case, you'll have to leave it there, but if you want to use the Erev for the second day, then you'll have to walk back and check if the Erev is still there at the beginning of the second day. Says Mishan, If the Erev gets eaten on the first day, then his Erev works only for the first day and not for the second day. And this again is because the Chacham are not sure whether it's considered Kedusha Achas or Shtei Kedusha So if it's considered two different days, then it won't be valid for the second day. When he heard this last statement, he said to them, You, the Chacham, agree with me that it's considered two different days of holiness. Because you say that if it's destroyed on the first day, then you can't use it for the second day. But of course, as we explained, the Chacham are really in doubt, and therefore they are strict in both ways. In times of the Mishnah, before there was a fixed calendar, the way that the dates in the Rish Chodesh and the Yom Tovim would be fixed is that witnesses who see the new moon would come to the basin and testify that it was Rosh Chodesh, and that's how the Yom Tovim would be fixed. Now Rosh Chodesh every month is either is one of two nights, one of two days, 
because every month is either 29 or 30 days. And because people in Chutz Laaretz, outside of Eretz Yisrael, wouldn't know which day Rosh Chodesh was, they also wouldn't know which day Yom Tov was. And so they would need to keep two different days of Yom Tov out of doubt. Now there's an exception to that, and that is Rosh Hashanah. Because on Rosh Hashanah, even people who lived in Eretz Yisrael, and even people who lived in Yerushalayim itself, where the based in was, even they would have to keep two days of Rosh Hashanah. Because since Rosh Hashanah falls on the first day of the month, there's not enough time for people to find out whether it's Rosh Hashanah or not. Now, although in the previous mission, the Chachomim view a Shabbos and a Yom Tov as possibly one long day, as Kedusha Achas, when it comes to Rosh Hashanah, according to Yehuda, the Chachomim of the previous Mishnah agree that it's viewed as two different days. Because since we're only keeping the two days out of doubt, and really only one of the days is considered Rosh Hashanah, only one of the days is considered Yom Tov, so it's definitely not considered to be one long day of holiness. And so Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, Rosh Hashanah Shoyah Yorisham Tzaber, Rosh Hashanah, which one was afraid would be after a 30-day month, meaning if there was a possibility, which there is every year, that Rosh Hashanah is after a 30-day month or it's after a 29-day month. We're not sure. So it says Rabbi Yehuda, even according to the Chachamim, Ma'ariv Adam Shnei Ruvin Va'imei, one can make two different Eruvin and say, My Eruv on the first day of Yom Tov should be to the east side. And on the second day of it should be the west one. Barisha in Amarav of Ashin Lamizrach, or on the first day of Yom Tov, it should be to the west, on the second day to the east. Or you can make one Erev and say, Eruvi Barishain, I want to use my Erev on the first day of Ashin Iri, and on the second day I'll be like the people in my city, and I have 2,000 Amas in every direction. Or he can say, Eruvi Bashani, I want my Erev to only work on the second day, Uva Urishain Kivne Iri, and on the first day I'll be like the people in my city. That's the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. However, Vachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachach
One can make a condition when separating tithes from a basket of produce on the first day of Rosh Hashanah and then eat that produce on the second day of Rosh Hashanah. And the way you should do this is as follows. On the first day of Rosh Hashanah, you should separate tithes, but on condition, you should say that this should only be considered tithing if today is not Rosh Hashanah. But if today is Rosh Hashanah, then my tithing should not be considered tithing, and this food should still be forbidden to eat. And then on the second day, he should take that produce which he tithed, and say again, if today is Rosh Hashanah, and yesterday was a weekday, so that means that yesterday's tithes did work, and what I'm doing now is not considered tithing, because the produce is already tithed. But if today is a weekday and yesterday was Rosh Hashanah, that means that the produce has not yet been tithed, and so right now I am tithing it, and so he separates that portion again, and that way he can know for sure that he has tied the produce, and he can therefore eat it on the second day of Rosh Hashanah. Of course, once again, this is only according to the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda in the previous Mishnah. The Chachom once again argue because there is a possibility that it is considered Kedusha Achas, one long day of holiness. Alright, in the second case, the same applies to an egg which is laid on the first day of Rosh Hashanah. It can be eaten on the second day of Rosh Hashanah. The halacha is that if a egg is laid on Shabbos or Yom Tov, you're not allowed to eat it on that day. But over here, it will be permitted on the second day either way. Because even if it was laid on Yom Tov, let's say even if the first day was considered Yom Tov, the second day is now a different day according to Yehuda. And so you would be able to eat that egg on the second day of Rosh Hashanah. And all the more so if the first day was a weekday. So that means it was laid on a weekday, so it's definitely permitted on Yom Tov or Shabbos. In this case, on the second day of Rosh Hashanah. But it ends off the Mishnah once again. The Chachom did not agree with Yehuda, because there is still a possibility that it is Kedusha Achas, that it is one long day of holiness. So anything forbidden on the first day will also be forbidden on the second day. Mishnah test, last Mishnah of the Perek, and a continuation of the discussion of two days of Rosh Hashanah, Rabbi Dosman Akinas Oimer. Rabbi Dosman Akinas says, one who davens as the Chazan in front of the Aron HaKodesh on the Yom Tov of Rosh Hashanah. So he can't just mention that today is Rosh Hashanah, and he can't say in the davening on this day of Rosh Hashanah, etc., because it might not be Rosh Hashanah. It's a bit like lying in your tefillah. And so he should say, he should say, Give us strength, Hashem our God. Save us on this day of Rosh Hashanah. Because remember, Rosh Hashanah is also Rosh Hashanah. Whether it is today or tomorrow. And then the next day he should also say, Whether it is today or yesterday. Because if he doesn't add in that last bit, then again it seems a bit like a false tefillah. In case it is not considered Rosh Hashanah, so he needs to make that stipulation in his davening. And interestingly, we also see another law in Rabbi Dosim and Akinas' words, and that is that even though Rosh Hashanah is a Yom Tov, and it has a much higher level of holiness than Rosh Chodesh, one still needs to mention Rosh Chodesh in the davening. It's not enough just to mention Rosh Hashanah. However, says the mission of Lehud Chachomim, the Chachom did not agree with Rabbi Dosim and Akinas on both the points he made. With regards to saying whether it is today or tomorrow, the Chachom say that one should not say that, because when people hear that, they'll come to be less careful with keeping Yom Tov. They'll think, you know what, anyway, it might not even be Yom Tov today, and it could lead to people violating Yom Tov, or being more lenient. And with regards to the point that one should mention Rosh Chodesh in the davening, according to the Chachom, it's enough just to say Yom Hazikorin. Save us, Hashem, our God, on Yom Hazikorin Hazeh on this day of remembrance, the reason being that both Rosh Hashanah and Rosh Chodesh 
are considered days of remembrance. So even though when you say them as a Koran, it's primarily referring to Rosh Hashanah, there is also a hint to Rosh Hashanah in there, and therefore you do not need to list Rosh Hashanah explicitly.